Chapter 10, Facet 6, Leading Family and Friends Be Their Champion. There are very few people who could look you straight in the eye and tell you life is all about work. My dear mentor, coach and friend, Dr. Fred Gross, puts it this way, life is primary, business is secondary. Business funds life. In the book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, Ronnie Ware, a palliative care specialist who worked for many years with people in the last three to 12 weeks of their lives, shares some profound insights. Here are two of them. One, all of the men nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Two, often they did not realise the full benefit of old friends until their dying weeks and it was not possible to track them down. Many had become so caught up in their own lives that they had their golden friendships slip by over the years. There were many deep regrets about not giving friendships the time and energy they deserved. What about you? Has your work life become so busy, so frenetic, that you're not making enough time for friends and family? You will regret it. No other success can compensate for failure in the home. David O. McKay Surely one of the biggest goals in life should be to live a life of no regrets. Of all the facets of your leadership diamond, this is the one that will ultimately give you the most joy and the most heartache if you gloss over it. If you're not vigilant, you'll experience the most pain and the most regrets if you fail to polish it. The funny thing about polishing this facet is that it really doesn't take much effort at all. It's very simple. Be their champion. This will be different for each and every one of us, but basically it's being their biggest supporter in any endeavour or anything that's really important to them, not you. Four ways to be their champion. There are many ways of doing this. Here are four of my favourites. One, show up. Two, help their kids. Three, be their greatest supporter. And four, be there in times of need. One, show up. You've heard the saying that 80% of success is showing up. Well, let me put it another way. 80% of having great families and friends is showing up. Show up for your partner, your kids, your friends, and your extended family. In coaching senior executives, there's a stand I take more strongly than any other, and that's insisting that leaders be there for their family and friends, that they lead in all areas of their lives. The leaders, typically men, tend to make all sorts of excuses. It's a difficult period at work right now. After the restructure is completed, it's quarter end and not a good time. We are down to two key members at present. I've heard them all. But I've also heard about the divorces and the separations and the pain, particularly if kids are involved. There are special moments in life you will never get back. If you're a parent, it's the school play where your kid played the part of the lead tree. Their first netball game, dropping them off for their first day of school, dropping them off at the year 12 graduation. These are the moments you remember on your deathbed. These are the precious gems that all the money in the world won't buy. I'll let you into a secret. Your kids or your siblings' kids or your friends' kids won't remember the size of the house you lived in, the car you drove, or the brand of wine you drank. What they will remember is the time you spent with them. The holidays, throwing around a ball in the backyard, the dress-ups, the sleepovers at your place, you doing canteen duty, you yelling from the sidelines at every match, you clapping loudest at every performance, you showing up. Please don't miss these magical moments. I've received a few awards along the way in life, but 
one of the ones I'm proudest of is my greatest supporter award from my son's school when he was playing hockey. Now, I wasn't one of those ugly parents yelling obscenities from the sidelines, but if you know me, I can be a little over the top at times. My son's team made it into the grand final, an achievement in its own right. Few of us get to play in grand finals in our lives. To me, this was an international showdown. Your key role as a parent is to embarrass your kids. That's something I've got really good at. On that day, I'm convinced that me waving the Australian flag and singing Walsing Matilda is what led them all to that grand final victory. It was probably a bit too full on, but you get the idea. Show up. And when you do show up, show up fully. At the beginning of the year, put the holidays in the diary. Find out when parent-teacher nights are and schedule to be there for those sporting and key school events. Set these times as the most important appointments in your diary because they are. Two, help their kids. This obviously doesn't apply to all of us. You may not have kids and neither may your friends. But I've always felt one of the greatest ways of saying thanks and showing appreciation is to help friends' children. I love our friends' kids. They really are like our own. It's something marvellous when 30-plus-year-olds still call us Uncle Mitch and Auntie Deb. They still remember the silly magic tricks we did with them as kids, the coins we pulled out of their ears or the ridiculous costumes we wore to their parties. At the time, we were just having fun, making our kids feel loved and appreciated. It was only years later that I appreciated how precious these moments were and the beautiful memories that we were creating. If you really want to show great leadership and great love to your friends, help their kids. You have no idea what it will mean to them. And as selfish as it is, you'll get such a buzz out of it. You see, sometimes kids need more than just their parents to show them the way. It really does take a whole village to raise a child. Stephen Biddeff, in Raising Boys, tells us how young men need the company of older men, such as uncles or friends, to reinforce values their own fathers may have passed on. They should be there as positive role models. Sometimes they should simply be available to talk with when the relationship with the kid's own mum and dad may have broken down. Support them and barrack for them in their hobbies, sporting and professional endeavours. Show them just how much you care about their parents and the honour and privilege of having lifetime friends. Perhaps in their later years, it could be making introductions for them, helping them network, and primarily taking an interest in them and what they're up to. My old mates really are like old blankets. We're all a little worn around the edges, but we wouldn't swap our warmth for quids. And every time we catch up, it's the usual, how are you? And then we talk about the kids, always with an ear to how we can help. Three, be their greatest supporter. As much as you love your family and friends, let's face it, some of them are into really weird stuff. But remember that it's not weird to them. They love it. One of the greatest leadership acts you can ever do is to support your friends and family in the pursuit of their dreams. Show an interest in their careers, hobbies, interests and sports. By celebrating their achievements, you celebrate them. Deborah, my wife, told me this great saying when I first met her about 40 years ago. If you're going to go through life, celebrate. And if you're going to celebrate, celebrate the opening of an envelope. What demonstrates great leadership is your encouragement and your sharing in their excitement, their passion. We love to celebrate birthdays with our nearest and dearest. Our friends all make a fuss about each other. We genuinely care about their wins, their trials and tribulations. Most of all, we listen and barrack passionately for them 
from the sidelines. Four, be there in times of need. There is no greater feeling of comfort than friends showing up in times of need. We'll all have these times in our lives, an illness in the family, a job loss, a business crisis, a relationship breakup, divorce, or feeling a bit lost in the world. Be there in times of need. Most times you don't have to even talk. Simply being there is enough. Wherever possible, I try to be there for family and friends at these times. Deborah, Abe, our son, and I will forever be in gratitude when people just showed up after we lost our daughter, Ruby, following neurosurgery. Sometimes they would sit with us, no words or advice, just lots of tears, hugs and cups of tea. Hey, thinking of you, won't stay for long. Cooked you a lasagna for dinner. Maybe you're like me and at times you get caught up in chasing bright, shiny objects. The new suit, new car, new boat or new house. There's nothing wrong with ambition. But if you're chasing these objects to fill your empty soul, it will never be full. We both know that at the end of the day, these objects really do amount to nothing. We come into this world with nothing and we leave with the same. The real riches of our lives will be time spent with family and friends and the relationships we nurture. Can you ever put a price on such friendships? The regret of not showing up in times of need will linger well past the temporary relief of attending to the myriad of never-ending business issues whose pull seems so overpowering at the time. Time for reflection. There's a mate of mine who calls me out of the blue from his VW. He's been driving VWs all his adult life on his way home from work. He calls for no reason. It's simply just to see how I am, how the family is, and what I'm up to. He's a real mate, and as a business owner, he's just as busy as the rest of us, but he makes the time. He's the sort of person you go to when you want advice or counsel, when you want the truth. He's always the first to support me in my or my family's efforts. I want to be like that, and so should you. This is a generalisation, but I see a lot of people in the corporate world not developing their friendships outside of that world. They don't make the calls to friends and they don't make the time. When they retire, they struggle with the realisation that people don't call them anymore. They were only ever called for what they were, their role, not who they are. Their currency drops immediately when they no longer have a CEO on their business card. I've got a lot of mates and I care for them dearly, but I've become clearer and clearer on the sort of friends with whom I want to spend the time. Someone who helped me gain clarity in this was Dr. Carlos Ramundo, who wrote the book Relationship Capital. I remember in one of his workshops, he put up a four-box matrix. I won't draw it up, we're supposed to be reflecting here. On one axis was the amount of fun, pleasure and joy you got from being around people from low to high. On the other axis was how much the person stretched you, motivated you, and challenged you to grow, again from low to high. Now, this is going to sound very callous and even shallow, but you can't afford to have too many friends in the wrong boxes. I'm not saying you should totally cut people out of your life, but you have to minimise your contact with negative Nellies. This allows you to spend time with the friends and even family who are good for your self-esteem, energy, and soul. The friends who suck up your energy and don't stretch you, enough said. Friends that don't give you much joy but are always challenging you, yeah, they're important, but you can only take so much. And the fun ones with no stretch, great for parties, but they probably don't take you to greater heights, to a better place. 
of course, that leaves friends who challenge you to be your best, support you and your family, and have a generosity of spirit that makes them a joy to be around. They are the jewels, and they are the precious ones. Let them know it any way you can. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. We seem to be developing a world that loves quantity over quality. Having thousands of Facebook friends, more likely acquaintances, may make you think you're popular, but it will never give you the joy that a few precious mates will. It's like business owners who think they're doing well because their website has had so many hits. Yet those who get the importance of quality know that HITS, H-I-T-S, stands for How Idiots Track Success. As my wife and soulmate for over 40 years says, you have to find your tribe. Find the place where you can be truly accepted for who you are, in the bosom of pals and possibilities. You become like the people you spend the most time with. Jack Canfield. Sorry to be so harsh, but you also may need to stop being such an idiot about who your friends are. Hang with those people who both give lovingly of themselves and receive you lovingly for who you are. Week 6, Small Tweak 6. Now that you've got your business life sorted, wasn't it great to think about your home life? Perhaps we should have started here. With this tweak, I want you to take out your diary. I want you to make sacrosanct annual family holidays, weekend retreats, birthdays, anniversaries, you name it. Every week, once a week for the next three months, call a friend to chat and say hi. Listen to how you can best support them, how you can be there for them. Then just do it. Now for polishing the final facet of your leadership diamond. 